You know what? Right over there. I could do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Feed with Mike and Mark. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Feed. My name is Mark. With me as always, <laughs> my co-host Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about you, Mark? Uh, we've had a fine week here at Massive Late Fee. I'm sick, as you probably can hear. Yeah, I'm I'm also sick-ish. I have like a cold kind of thing, you know? Yep, me too. <laughs> Hopefully it's not uh, coronavirus, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that you'd even be able to tell. I mean, also, I get seasonal allergies around this time of year. My yep. youngest uh, was sick for a little bit. She seems to be doing a lot better now, thankfully. That's good. But I think she had an ear infection. Her ear was hurting, so, you know, she's back to her old uh, asshole self. So that's <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, most of it is in, uh, my wife and I both have it in our youngest. <laughs> oh, I, I should have uh, not continued that. <laughs> you're, you're not from Alabama. No, no. But yeah, we, uh. It, no offense to our listener in Alabama. Right, exactly. Uh, roll tide. Um, but our, yeah, our youngest has it too. It's mostly, uh you know, just drainage from the nose. So that's not a, um, that's not yeah. a symptom of COVID-19. So I guess we're okay. I'm actually drinking uh, two of my wife's leftover Coronitas, which are made by Corona. Oh, interesting. I don't know what those are. They're, They're like, just like very small beers. Okay. So my wife uh, is terrible at drinking. She's just like the worst at it. <laughs> So uh, last weekend, my kids were over, um, and hers too. They're the same kids we share. Right. Yeah. Um, they were over <laughs> my mom's, uh, you know, house for like the weekend or whatever, which, you know, the first time we've been without them uh, for years, mm-hmm. like literally since our honeymoon. Okay. Um, And so like, I said, I'm like, oh, I'll grab her some beer because every so often she'll, uh, she'll drink it. She drank three of them, which I was stunned by. And there were seven ounces each. So uh, she basically drank one and a half beers. <laughs> That's uh, that is Alex for sure. Yep. But uh, we talked about some movie. <sighs> <laughs> we talked about some movies uh, last time on the show. We did. Uh, I was gonna segue into a segment that I'm gonna do after the segment, and then I remembered, so then I stopped. Uh, first, also, on our, I, I, I have a gripe with you, Mark. Uh, okay, what's your gripe? on our YouTube page? He described our game as as uh, dead or alive, not gay or dead. I feel that that really uh, really mischaracterized what we were. Did I did I describe it as dead or alive? Yes, you did. Oh, that's maybe you were thinking about the uh, the eighties uh, pop synth band. I was, yeah. <sighs> what did they sing? You spin me right round. I, I, yep, I believe that's it. Uh, so anyway, the the IMDb game today. Uh, I wish I had a cool. Maybe, uh, their song is used on the website meat, meatspin.com, which you should definitely check out. I don't think it's licensed. Is is that M E E T or M E A T? M E A T. I don't know if it's still around, but you know, it's like a popular video. Okay, interesting. Why don't you check it out right now and tell us uh, what you think? Meatspin.com. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'll check it out. For those of you that are unaware, uh, we're all going to be in our house uh, and, you know, whatever, quarantined pretty soon because of this 
fucking madness outside. But uh, I think the governor said she wasn't going to quarantine uh, or like be in shelter quarantine in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the web fluid. <laughs> oh my god! I've never, I've never heard of this. Obviously, oh, just this is so. I'm, is it? I'm sorry, it's still there. I, I have, I've seen it probably like 20 years ago. It's like a really kind of older, uh, you know, like a meme. Um, yeah. I uh, <laughs> did you hear I, the music though? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which makes it even funnier. It does. Uh, two friends, one fish. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't want to know. All I know, uh, drunken fishermen give each other a hand. Oh Lord. Okay, so now that I want to vomit. <laughs> um, but at least the guy's wearing a condom. I mean, safe sex, guys. Safe sex? So a fish. Uh, the IMDb game today. Moonlighting, the movie. I wish. Uh, so under sex and nudity, uh, a brief scene in a gentleman's club with a very scantily, or with very, it says with a, this is not written right. With a very scantily clad... Wo- oh, okay. Forget it. It's just one, Kingpin. It's Kingpin. Just one woman. With a very scantily clad woman dancing in the background of a few shots. It's not Kingpin. King, it's not Kingpin. Kingpin. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Don't you hate when like, someone says, oh, you know that hilarious uh, bully movie? But they're talking about The Big Lebowski, and it's clearly Kingpin. Because yeah. The Big Lebowski is... I, I think that's my least favorite uh, Coen Brothers movie. Ooh, um, other yeah. than raising Arizona, the reboot. Well, I wasn't a huge fan of Lady Killers, so I didn't see that one. Um, Cruel Intentions is actually very good. I don't know if you ever see or not. Cruel Intentions. Uh, what the hell is it called? <laughs> something actual cruelty or something like that. Intolerable cruelty. Yes, that one. That one's very good. I was surprised. It is, it is a very good movie. Uh, let's see. Several instances. Could you imagine if the Coen Brothers directed Cruel Intentions? That'd be great. <laughs> or uh, Cruel Intentions 2. Yeah, that, that, there you go. That would be the one I'd want to see them direct. No wonder girls love horses. And then oh. someone gets shot. Oh, my God. Uh, several instances of the S word. A word. <laughs> two instances of balls. I'm guessing someone's saying it, not two balls. Pulp Fiction. No. <laughs> I don't know because I don't know what this is referring to. This is also under profanity. I don't know if this is a give it away or not, but uh, the phrase backing up is used, but it sounds like something else. Mm-mm. Suburban <laughs> commando. No. <laughs> what a weird, what a weird thing. Uh-huh. Oh, is that like fucking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <gasps> um, let's see. During a moment in the film, the word "craphead" is used as if it were a term of endearment. Some TV viewings have replaced this word with the milder "saphead." <laughs> <laughs> That's worse. Something you get jizz over your head. Oh my god! <laughs> oh jeez, I I have no idea. Um, is this the Evering story too? No. With Jonathan Brandis, who is? He is dead. <laughs> he was part of the Strangle uh, compilation we had. Right. Drugs, alcohol, and smoking. Wait, what? 
under drugs, alcohol, and smoking, it's just profanity again. Oh, it just says none. But then it gives some profanity just in case. Several instances <laughs> of the S word, A word. Yeah, they, they didn't want it to be empty. So there's no drugs, alcohol, or smoking in the movie. A weekend of birdies. <laughs> um, not true. No. Uh, let's see. Dun 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 <laughs> dun dun. I wanna. Oh yeah. Thank you. I wanna. I wanna read this one, but I have to. I have to. Okay, I can't read that one yet. But that I wanna give it to you away. Um, I am really sick. Give it to you away. Give it to you. Give it to you. Give it to you away now. It's probably violence and gore. Same thing too. Um, some mild unlimited cookie. Some mild violence, including one memorable one. Alien. <laughs> what a fucking phrase! No, it's not alien. Um. Okay, so there is no other thing but the, basically the 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 main scene of violence that they're going to describe. So this is both. This is the under the frightening intense scenes. There is a scene where the main character of the film is violently attacked with a crowbar and axe. He expresses pain and pleads for his life. Uh, He spurts and leaks a blood-like substance (laughs) throughout the remainder of the film. This is RoboCop 1? No. (laughs) 2? Nope. Ah. He does eventually bleed to death during the final scene, but is rescued by... Oh, okay. It's it's one of the Terminator movies in. No. It's Terminator 2? No. No? But it's rescued by its creator, uh, Ben. (laughs) Oh, I think we already did Short Circuit. It's not Short Circuit. (laughs) Really? Nope. Ben is from Short Circuit. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird. He's from something else, too. (laughs) Short Circuit 2? There you go. We, we, I, I believe we've done that one too, actually. Listen to this. There is a scene where the main character of the film, Johnny Five, parentheses, robot, <laughs> is violently attacked with a crowbar and axe. And everything else is basically just what I read. But under... um, It says, Younger viewers, particularly small children, will find the attack on Johnny Five in the aftermath upsetting and rather distressing. And then under for the third one, it says... The above scene is very intense, daunting, and quite upsetting. How is that's basically just all three of those are one. <laughs> they're just Yeah, they're just rephrasing it. Yeah. And then Violence and Gore says Johnny Five is violently smashed and he leaks. His leaks look exactly like blood. <laughs> when he is smashed, his blood splatters on the attacker's clothes. One of the attackers is clearly disturbed by this and stalls, but is ordered to continue. Younger viewers, particularly small children, will find the attack of Johnny Five upsetting and rather distressing. Then the Los Machos came to his rescue. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> um, I need to grab a lighter because I had two lighters and now I have zero lighters and I want to light this cigar. So I don't know if you want to make a break here or just keep talking. I think I know you're just going to keep talking, though. So I'll be like two minutes. <laughs> okay. Two minutes of filling. Uh, okay, so I just got a, I just got an email from somebody named Rainley Ballow, which says, I'm a bit concerned with your Google Ads accounts. <laughs> um, he says that he wants to do an overview of our account um, because our ads are not actively running right now, which they're not because 
the entire world is on fire right now, so we're not running ads. I would be a bit more concerned about your family and friends, uh, rainly, <laughs> than I would about my Google ads. I mean, hopefully you're working from home and you know not putting yourself at risk out there in, in I assume, California, since you work for Google, but hopefully you know, you're, you're being safe. Uh, when Mike comes back, he's going to do the IMDb game, I assume. And then I'm going to talk about some movies that have come to streaming early, uh, because no one's going to the movie theaters anymore ever. Ah, where is this lighter? How far is this? Is he constructing a lighter? Like, like Luke Skywalker would be constructing a lightsaber. (laughs) Has he found a? Has he found a? What do they call it? Shards, the pieces of crystal that they use for, for in Star Wars. What are those called? Oh my god! What the fuck are you talking about? Kyber crystals. That's what. It is. I asked if you were constructing your your lighter as if you were Luke Skywalker constructing a lightsaber, and then my I god. couldn't remember what they used inside those things. No, I don't have enough metachlorines to do that kind of shit. That's true. They're in short. Found my lighter and I found another Coronita. Oh, nice. This podcast is brought to you by Coronitas. You know, there's a podcast that I guest on every once in a while called Voice from the Underground. We've talked about oh, it. Oh, another another one you're <laughs> guest again. It's just the same one that I've been talking about before, but the one that talks about politics. But there is a segment in the middle uh, with one of their hosts named Big Haas uh, called The Humidor. And he smokes and reviews a cigar, and you know he usually has some kind of alcohol that he's paired with it. Uh, and I really feel like you would—I feel like you should guest on just that segment because I really feel like you—you you and him would have a lot to talk about. I'm down. All right, I'll set it up. Set it up. Do you have an IMDb game for me? I do. I feel that you've watched this movie. Um, there's not a lot of clues, but I will give you a big hint. Okay. If you had seen this movie, it was probably with Colin Dempster. Okay. <laughs> Colin Dempster, as he preferred to be called. Right. Well, yeah, Dembski, but okay. No, no, no. You know, I don't think you. Maybe he didn't tell you that story. One time, he got a piece of mail that addressed him as Colin Dempster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that's like the funniest thing ever. So we just like constantly refer to it. Colin. Dempster. That is hilarious. You know, I'm even going to give the character names in this. That's how unlikely it is for you to guess what this is. Are you ready? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Under sex and nudity, mild. One of one found this mild. So probably the person who wrote this. Right. Elliot's first wife dies and he develops a relationship with his next door neighbor. Oh, interesting. It implied that they have slept together. Elliot's first wife dies and he starts... A thing with his neighbor. Okay. Um. Hmm. I am going to say the secret life of pets. No. Okay. Under violence and gore, severe. One of two find the severe. For a couple of seconds, one of the characters holds another character. Well, it actually, it doesn't list the character's name. It just lists the real person's name. Okay. So I can't. So I can't say that. That's funny. But. For a second, one of the characters holds, and I think this is also the other person's real name, the other characters in a strangle. Okay. Now, let, me give you, let me give you two more clues here, because like I said, this is kind of an obscure one. Okay. The cab, the cab drivers 
cab drivers displays. That's not correct. Wild, erratic behavior that may be disturbing to sensitive individuals. The oh. cab breaks through a bridge, falls several dozen feet into a river. Huh. The Mothman prophecies? No. Isn't everything disturbing to sensitive individuals, though? Like, by the very nature of the definition of being sensitive means that, you know, some stuff might disturb you. Yeah. Trigger warning. For sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cab crashes through a bridge and falls into water. Hmm. And I probably would have seen it with Colin, which means it's probably a shitty horror movie. <laughs> um, let's see. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Did you forget to push the talk for button? Press for talk button, or did you go get another yes, lighter? Yes, yes, that's one hundred percent. I have one lighter, though I did have two, so I really am missing a lighter. You, you've got a good point there. That's awful. Um, I'm, I think I'm just going to list all the profanity because, again, it's kind of obscure. Plus, I mean, it might help you a little bit. Right. Use of the shit word during the cab scene, <laughs> the, the infamous cab scene. The shit word. And the well, it says sh. Asterisk, asterisk. So I mean, shit. I, I'm not. I'm not an IMDb segment. I don't care if I say shit. Okay. Um. The next one, just the way it's phrased, like tickles me a little bit. The Lord's name is taken in vain three times or more. <laughs> you decide. This next one's kind of related. There's one scene where a person is getting out of a car, and upon exiting, the name of Jesus Christ is taken in a clear and intentional manner. I don't manner. I don't know that they. I don't know what that means. Yeah, how would it be unintentional? It's taken. And they're trying to. Is someone saying trying to say cheese and rice, but they accidentally say Jesus Christ? It's like the the reverse I, I of it. And additionally, the word crappy is used. Wow. Hmm. Uh, piranha two. Directed by James Cameron, but no. Yeah, that's what there I are no, no. There's nothing under alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Hmm. Okay. Is Jackie Martland in this movie? Oh no, that would be awful. <laughs> um, the under frightening and intense scenes, every single one of them will tell you what it is. So let me give you the other one. Okay. This is back under sex and nudity, and listen carefully. This will give it away. Okay. She she solicits him in her bedroom, and he says, I can't. Little kids won't understand this, but teenagers will. She asks, why are you falling through the bed, and why are you having trouble with intimacy? Oh, ghost dad? Ghost dad. Yeah, everything, everything under fighting intense scenes starts with the ghost. <laughs> Actually, that's 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 incorrect. I could have said the cab driver is a wild man, and some of his actions can be disturbing to younger children. He's a wild. Uh, he is a wild man. That's awesome. Uh, I I'm pretty sure. I know I've seen Ghost Dad. I'm almost positive I did see it with Colin or Coley. I, I I saw it. I don't think it was with Colin. Um, but it's I I don't remember any of this stuff. It's a, a really unmemorable. Movie, but apparently you get to see uh, Bill Cosby choke someone. So that's if he went to the hard rape <laughs> as opposed to the soft rapes he's known for. <laughs> Actually, no, I disagree. I think a soft rape is more when like a masseuse like brushes her hand against your uh, glistening buttocks, <laughs> right? And like, I, I, I guess that's technically, you know, obviously he's a he's a raper. Yeah, absolutely, and a and a hypocrite. 
And, and worst of all, he's not even a ghost, so that's double hypocrisy. Right. Well, maybe he'll be a ghost soon. <laughs> maybe he'll get coronavirus. Well, let's hope not. I don't wish uh, that upon anyone. Uh, yeah, I don't either, but he is a horrible person. He's, um, a, he's a good man. <laughs> well, Oscar Pistorius is a great man. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, real quick before we get into our main topic, plus I have some letters to read too. I guess I'll probably say that for the end. But uh, before we get into you know what we're talking about today, we talked last week about how a lot of the uh, movies are pushing back their release dates like Mulan and, and the new James Bond film. Um, Life in the Fast Lane. Yeah, exactly. Life in the Fast Lane is, is pushed back. I, I, I was going to do that as a fake IMDb movie review for it, but I don't think the details are all that hashed out. My only clue is a former pope is in this movie. <laughs> I love that the entire plot of the movie is is spoiled in the trailer, though. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, so there's a there's a group of of movies that are now coming to streaming early, uh, and I've I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for at least like one blockbuster movie to to be like, hey, let's you know pay twenty dollars and you can watch this in in your home because I think this is going to yes. be the future. Yes, I think this virus, if anything, will make the future come quicker because people are like, oh, you know what? I can work from home. Why do we have to run out of an office? You know. Yep, exactly. Why do we have to rent the space? All that stuff. Obviously, some people have you know can't work. Yeah, there's from home. some. Yeah, obviously, like my wife, uh, she can't work from home. She, you know, with her job. Mm. Um, I think you said before your wife does some telecommunication type work with her job, or she can work from home at like like a day or something. She works. She just works at home all the time. Oh wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I'm sure it has its drawbacks too, like having to see you all fucking day. Yeah, well, that's yeah, no drawbacks for me, but definitely for her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so uh, here's a list of some movies that I honestly don't really care about. Like nothing, nothing that I really care about is coming to streaming yet. But uh, I think this is starting to pave the way. So uh, the Invisible Man that uh, that is available for twenty nine or I mean nineteen ninety nine uh, for forty eight hours. That obviously hit the theaters a little bit before this stuff started. But I heard it was pretty good. You know, a lot better. Than- it seemed more like a horror movie than like the. I mean, it mm. seems more like what was that movie with Kevin Bacon where it was like I can't remember what it was called. Hollow was, Man. Was it? That's it. It sounds more like that where it's like almost like you know it's like a yikes this person's invisible, not like oh look at me I'm in the girls' locker. Yeah, I think I think the plot of it is this girl, this woman is dating uh, some kind of billionaire and she breaks up with him, and then she starts seeing him and it's like oh is he is he really an invisible man like torturing her and stalking her and stuff like that? Or is it just her issue just going nuts? I think that's the plot of the movie. Oh, that's, that sounds interesting. Um, I'm not going to see it, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> right. Uh, then there's, I'll read the Wikipedia page. Yep. That's well, that, that, that usually tells me all I need to know. Yeah. Uh, the hunt is next. You're, you're, I, I, I want to see that movie. That is right up my alley. Yeah, this is the one where where liberals are are killing uh, like you know conservatives or whatever. I mean, is there a greater thrill on earth than to hunt another human being? <clears throat> Not one that I've found. I mean, how how much how much is this one going to be? This is also nineteen ninety nine for forty eight oh hours. God, for forty eight, how many times can I watch it in a forty eight hour period? <laughs> It's uh, it's available on i iTunes and Prime Video. Most of these are 
our Prime Video. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that. iTunes, I, I don't fuck with Apple. Fuck yeah, them. Yeah, I agree. I, I use Prime Video as well. Uh, I didn't mention The Rise of Skywalker or, or Frozen 2 because, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's not a child. But uh, my kids did watch Frozen 2, and, and they enjoyed it, so that's good because we have Disney+. My- Plus. Yeah, I have two two daughters, as you know, an eleven year old who really liked the original Frozen when it came out, but she just seems to have no interest in Frozen two, and I'm happy uh, about that because I hate Disney. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's not. Uh, it's a same fucking movie, probably. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Emma, which I don't. Oh, so I didn't even know they were making another remake of Jane yeah, Austen's Emma. Yes, yeah, I, I saw a lot of previews for this. I don't know where or why, but I saw it on something I watched, like Hulu or um, Amazon or something. I saw previews for it. So that's that's also coming to iTunes and Prime Video for 20 bucks. Um, Sounds like a British person thing, which I have no interest in. It's like Doctor Who or something. Yeah, that is available as of today. So you can get that today. Onward is coming to Disney Plus. Uh, that's the Clawson um, uh, yeah. graduate. Exactly. That's Dan Scanlon's uh, movie. So a, a Dan Scanlon joint, as they say. Exactly. It's apparently. Let's see. It says that it's going to be available for purchase on digital platforms. Uh, as actually, right now it is, and then April third, it's going to be on Disney Plus. So. Pretty soon. Oh, that's not too far. Yeah, pretty soon if you're if you're interested in it. Birds of Prey is coming out the twenty fourth on Prime Video. Now is this that uh this is the Harley Quinn thing? Yeah. I, I thought that basically I had they its retitled run. it. <laughs> yeah. Well that's the thing is I thought that basically had its run and then failed. <laughs> Why are they releasing it? On- maybe maybe they're blame- they're probably blaming on the coronavirus. Like, oh yeah, it would have done well if it wasn't you know birds of prey uh, during the coronavirus. I guess. But, I mean, it, 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 was, it just was nowhere near there. I don't think. No. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was it bombed before the coronavirus even started. I, I you know what bombed even harder than that, as far as I'm aware of the uh, they did another Charlie's Angel uh, movie. Oh yeah, they did. That's right. And what's her name? The one uh, the Elizabeth one Banks. Yeah, I think she was behind it. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't think I heard anything about that movie. I love how you said that. Like, it was a crime. I think she was behind it. Well, I mean, I think she wrote it. She wrote it directly. So, yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's essentially the same thing. And she played one of 17 Bosleys or something like that. Oh, was she in it as well? Yeah, it was. I don't know exactly. There was several people cast as Bosley. I didn't see it, so I have no idea what that's about. But oh, that's the dumbest fucking concept ever. I mean, that that works in the original and nowhere else. No, no one cares about that shit. Like, oh, it's an, and it's Magnum PI is like basically like a one dude versus mm-hmm. uh, Charlie's Angels. It's like, oh, look, it's him the whole time. Yeah, it's like who fucking cares? Speaking this is of- just some weird weirdo millionaire guy just fucking toying with you. Speaking of who fucking cares, uh, Bloodshot is also coming to. Oh, I thought they changed the movie too. Who fucking cares? <laughs> well, that's coming the twenty fourth as well to uh, to um, you know Prime Video. Um, Poor Vin Diesel. He made the mistake of uh, putting the Rock in the Fast and the Furious movies, and like, who wants to see Vin Diesel in the Rock's available? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, you're a big tough dude, but look, uh, the Rock over there is uh, much larger. And he has more hair. Yep. And people like him better because he generally has a better personality. Yeah. And Although I can understand I like, what he's saying. I did like Vin Diesel in both uh, Saving Private Ryan and also uh, Boilermaker. Yeah. Sobo. Nothing. Sobo family. 
I think he did the voice in the Iron Giant for the Iron Giant, which he I've did. heard a lot of good things about, but I didn't see it, and I don't think I will because I'm not a child. I, I kind of... Now, this is one of those guilty pleasure things. The movie is terrible. But, oh, is it really? Yes, but I kind of... It, lo- does, does, it, does it go south when the Iron Giant says he lives his life a quarter mile? Or- <laughs> no, not the Iron Giant. I haven't seen that movie. This movie that I'm about to, to say is a guilty pleasure because the movie is terrible, but it's a Vin Diesel movie. Triple X 3. Oh, they're doing, they did another triple? That's weird because they went to... Uh- Ice Cube for the second one. Yeah, and it's so spoilers for Triple X three. Um, there's a point in the movie where so Triple X one obviously is terrible, and and I saw it in the theater for God knows what reason. This is back when God, I used are to. Are you a secret Triple uh, X slash Vin Diesel fan? Well, this is back when I used to go to the theater. I guess. Um, Didn't you would say that you could see why women found uh, Sean Connery handsome? <laughs> no. Um, but, but so I saw I saw Triple X one in the theater and I didn't like. Were you it. the only person with a box of tissues in the theater? <laughs> no. Um. Uh. Fuck. Oh, Fred Willard was right behind me. <laughs> um, it was like being in the front row of a Gallagher show. Yeah. So I saw I saw that one, and then I saw I caught Triple X two on cable or something like that, and I was like, oh, this, you know, this is this is kind of fun. Ice Cube brings like kind of a fun energy to this, and so because I saw the first two, I figured I might as well be a completist, and I <laughs> I, I saw Triple X three. It's a trilogy, and I was like, oh my, like I was like, this movie is so fucking terrible, but it's it's so. Like fu- unintentionally funny and fascinating, and there's a point in the movie where it looks like they're all gonna die, and Triple X Two comes and saves Triple X. Oh wow! Yeah, Ice Cube is secret secretly Fucking cameos spoilers. in the movie. I don't think put that on the poster for people so wouldn't see it. Oh my god! But yeah, um, and then let's see, is there anything? Uh, Trolls World Tour is coming on April 10th. Well, my kids were really into the trolls, like year, you know, when it came out. But mm-hmm. they you don't give a shit about the trolls now, right? Uh, and then let's see. Oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> I I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to offend our Christian listener. <laughs> but Mar- you mean Haziah? March twenty seventh. The titles. Uh, the title of the film is "I Still Believe." The first line, and that's why I go. Oh, that doesn't sound good. The faith-based biopic about Christian music star. Well, I thought you were going to say the, the, the first line was starring Kirk Cameron. <laughs> is he be is he is he involved with this in any way? I bet he is. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. But it's a faith-based biopic about Christian music star Jeremy Camp called "I Still Believe," and that is the that's the the last one. But uh, yeah, so I, there's nothing I'm really looking forward to that's coming to stream. I want to see The Hunt. I, I love those movies where you hunt people for pleasure. That is true. That's one of your that's one of your favorite uh favorite genres of film. Yes, I love murder games. We did do, there, uh, yeah, we did do that once. On the downside I am uh working very slowly on a uh, future role playing game supplement about murder games. Oh that's cool. You know you mentioned one time that or you mentioned to me, I think, privately that you wrote a role-playing uh, game 
and uh, I mean, it's just a very small supplement, like three or four pages. But yeah, me and a friend of mine, uh, we published it uh, for Savage Worlds. Uh, it was called Raid on Area Fifty One. Uh-huh. We sold we sold ninety nine copies, and a hundred and one copy we get a, a medal called a silver medal for sales. We've just been hovering at like ninety nine forever. Well, I think that I think that uh, that you're you're going to get there because when I told that to Carol, the first thing she said was, "We we have to buy it." She goes, "We have to buy it." Uh, because uh, she's super into role-playing games. She's like, why didn't you ever tell me Mike uh, wrote a role-playing game? I, go, I said, I didn't know. <laughs> I just- oh, it's it's like a it's a, look, a one-off adventure. You just need the basic Savage Worlds, uh, which is like, I think, a $10 PDF. Very much worth it. It's I, I love the system. If she's really into RPGs, it's, uh, their motto is Fast, Fun, Furious. It's a really fast system. I, I like it a lot. Oh, that's cool. Um, So this I, I Still Believe movie. Uh, apparently, Kirk Cameron doesn't have anything to do with it, but guess who does? Gary Sinise. Who? Oh, Gary Sinise. I didn't know he was uh, religious. Maybe yeah. He's just opportunistic. He's he's super conservative. I've I've heard that. Although he doesn't, he's not one of. Those, and this is what I, I appreciate this about him. He's not one of those people that's like, let me go everywhere and be on everything and tell everyone exactly what I think about politics. But I've heard. Yeah, I hate that. I've heard like you know. It's like small things here and there that indicate that he's like pretty arch conservative, but uh, but he's not in your face yeah. about it. So I'm fine. Yeah, with that's. It. I mean, I'm, I'm more than fine with it. And he, he seems like a pretty intelligent guy. He's smart enough to know that you know no one really cares when an actor thinks about anything except for you know dumb people. Yeah, exactly. You know who else is apparently like like almost like comically a conservative from Chicago? I think you can guess. From Chicago. Yeah, because Gary Sinise is, you know, famously from like the Steppenwolf uh, acting theater, which I think he founded, maybe, and then they're out of Chicago. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else out of Chicago would be arch conservative. That's a celebrity. Um, like, like they say, it's like comically still. Um, hmm. Is well, Adam Carolla is not from. Uh, no, no. Do you want me? Do you want me to tell yeah, you? Yeah, tell me. John Malkovich. Oh, really? Yeah, they say like like when like I think like some murderer was executed. He like like threw a party like with a barbecue and that kind of stuff. And he's like, they just say he's like very like over like it's almost like you know a parody of a conservative. That's how conservative he is. Well, I'll say I'll tell you what, good for him because I and this is why good for him. Not that I necessarily agree with his politics, but good for him because I had no fucking clue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, he seems like a very smart person, so you know yeah. he he knows to detach himself, you know, from that. Yeah, so I applaud you, John Malkovich, for uh, you know keeping your 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 private life private and your public life pri- public. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Uh, but anyway, so uh, I guess we'll we'll swing into uh, the main. Th- I think there's two things probably that we'll we'll want to talk about. Um, one is a f- this might be a three-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, one's a movie and one's uh, Better a Call film. Saul. But um, do you want to uh, do you want to you you want to go through Better Call Saul real quick before we get into the movie? Yeah, I think that'd be the better uh, way to do this. Right. <laughs> um, pretty interesting so we, episode. So, of, yeah, good episode. Yep. We start off uh, from last week. Um, we realized that the guy who uh, you say is from Northern Exposure, yes. he's hired Saul. You know, and then of course Clem Kim. Yeah, not Clem. <laughs> Kim Kim's, very, Kim's uh Kim's Alabama cousin, Clem. Roll time. 
What's funny is like whenever like uh, on Reddit like anybody like makes a good comment about incest, and then mm. someone like almost immediately follows up with "Roll Tide," <laughs> which makes me laugh so hard. Oh my god! What? And that's there's got to be a joke in there about like your cousin being on her period. Uh, there's got to be a roll tide. Oh lord! There's got to be a roll tide joke there somewhere. Like it's a relief because you don't have another mutant baby. <laughs> yeah, I put I've got all the, all the pieces are out there. People put it together. That's like a make your own joke. We gave you the parts. You put them in whatever order you find funniest. Exactly. You can tweet it at us. <laughs> your, your, anyways, your, best, uh, your best incest roll tide joke. But anyways, Kim, uh, you know, she reveals, yeah, they, they hired Jimmy. So, you know, I guess I, I can't do this shit anymore. You know, I have to be off this. And uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, you were totally the- right, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, 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 and honestly, the show's kind of incorrect here because he would almost immediately switch attorneys because that's like, you know, you could definitely appeal that down the line or say it's a conflict of interest. Yeah, that's it, it's that, not a good situation for either party. That's the thing is that he I, I mean, I know why they do it. They do it to show exactly how how stubborn Kevin can be. But like you said, I mean, it's it's a liability. It doesn't matter. It's like it's it's, it's not malpractice technically, but I mean, you might as well. I mean, you could claim that a lot. That's just a bad situation because you could say if he loses, you could say, oh, Kim wasn't going as hard as he should have, you know, and he's going to try. It'll just tie the whole thing up in litigation forever and you won't get your call center built. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing is like he says to Kim, he's like, oh, you know, do you feel comfortable or whatever? And she's like, yeah, you know, I feel it doesn't matter if she's comfortable. What matters is how it's going to look in court. Yeah, I, I, I'm predicting right now this is what's going to cause like either a rift between them, and she'll. That's why we won't see her in the future, or you know, mm-hmm. it'll decimate her Mesa Verde contact because we. I think we know that uh, Jim is going to uh, Jimmy or Saul, whatever you want to call him, is going to want to win it all. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another fun. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I tend to dominate these sometimes. Uh, no, going, it's good. Uh, well, the next thing that I like is we see Mike's story. He wakes up in Mexico, mm-hmm. and we see a character from the uh, you know. Uh, Breaking Bad, the doctor who helped uh, Gustavo Fring and you know his associates after he deliberately poisoned himself while they were like killing all the other cartel members at the uh, the, the head of the cartel's like you know palatial mansion. Yep, I was really happy. I was really happy to see him uh, again. Yeah, I like him. He's, he's, he, I don't know why that guy's just charismatic. He's fun to see on screen. Yep, absolutely. It looks like he maybe gained a little weight from. Uh... Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that seems like most of the people did who were yeah. on Breaking Bad, but. I mean, I mean, we get. I guess good for him. He lost weight, and he's thinner later and younger looking. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, <clears throat> like how when um, how when uh, El Camino, we just realized that uh, Todd was just really carb loading that uh, for a brief period while Jesse was enslaved. Yeah, exactly. He was trying to bulk up, and then he and then he went on an extreme cut. Right, he was accumulating mass. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a, for all you weightlifting meatheads out there. <laughs> Of which I'm kind of one, but not, you know, I don't take supplements or anything. So, so can, right. I, can I really yeah, but, truly be a true meathead? I guess not. I think if you just say creatine, that's pretty good because that's actually a pretty natural substance that does add like water to your muscles and it helps you get gains faster. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. I'll check I don't it know out. what the dosage is, but yeah, I think it's pretty low and relatively inexpensive. Every time um, I go to yes, the gym, some guy just injects something in my ass. So he says it's good for me, so... Hopefully it's a needle. Because <laughs> I can think of two reasons you'd be in the bathroom with Andy Dick. Well, he 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 did say. Uh, oh my uh, god! I hope he's taking steroids. He he did say that it was uh, you know that um, the video of him doing it was going to be on something called Meat Spin. <laughs> 
I don't know, but <laughs> I feel like you don't want to be able to be on Beatspin.com. <laughs> or two guys, one fish, or whatever it was. Right. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. So Mike wakes up in Mexico, um, and he tries to get hold of Fring. He, you know, he can't call outside. There's a, a lady there who's kind of taking care of him. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, you know, she's giving him, you know, like nice meals, a little bit of conversation. The doctor, you know, come. He goes. You know, you can you can leave now, but you're not going to survive it. The wound is such that I, I guess he was stabbed or something. I don't remember exactly what happened. Was yeah, he shot? I, I don't recall. He he got he provoked another fight or whatever with those. Yeah, but this the time they, people. as you correctly pointed out, they used like you know actual tactics this time and like all jumped him at once. Yeah, but they did stab him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so he says, yeah, you can, you're free to leave whenever you want. He goes, oh, are there armed guards? He's like, yeah, but they'll let you go by. He gives them directions on the other side. He goes. You won't survive it, though. Wait here a week. I'll give you the medicine. Fring will go talk to you then, you know. And then Mike, you know, it, Mike is, we always knew he was handy with tools, but he's he's almost, like, beyond that. He's almost, like, at, like, a trades level. He seems to be able to figure out how to wire the phone to bypass the local network that they're on and then just mm-hmm. get a hold of Fring directly. And so he, it's, it's actually a pretty hilarious sequence, I thought. Yeah. And, and it's it reminded me a lot of Walter White. Like I think, yeah, when, he, when he's assembling the bomb, especially. Yeah, like I think this is kind of his, the, or or this it's going to be this uh, show's sort of, you know, that kind of I don't science porn or whatever you want to call it. That's Mike's going to take that role probably. What I like about it is it informs a character, much like Kim sweeping up the glass in the last episode. It mm-hmm. shows that Mike is a guy who's willing to do the work, dirty work. He's very patient. He'll, you know, he he he's methodical. He's plotting as much as you know Gustavo Fring is, or Walter White. But Walter White's more of like a wild card, I would say. Yeah, you know, he, sure. he's handy. He he's a man who like he he takes care of his own problems. Yep. So he he somehow wires up this phone, and you know, he just you know like nothing, and then he calls Fring, and then Fring's like, I can't talk right now. And he just hangs <laughs> up. I'm making some guy uh, fucking scrub the grill. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Uh, I'll talk to you later. But yeah. yeah, so again, yeah, this whole Mike parts again, and another, you know, he's waiting and waiting, and finally, uh, I think the, the Fring remembers to uh, arranges to greet him, I believe, mm. or meet, not greet, <laughs> meet and greet. I w- oh, I, all right, next week I'll say hello to you. <laughs> yeah, we get so this we find out that this whole um, compound or whatever you want to call it, this like little village, is dedicated to Max. Uh, Gus's uh, former lover. Uh, we see the now. Mike doesn't really see it, but we see they kind of give us a hint of it, and that's the name of the episode. Uh, that it's there's a this monument of of water dedicated to dedicated to Max, and basically kind of fucked up when he you realize he was killed next to a pool, right? And being yeah. slightly drowned. Yeah, but he, you know, obviously Gus. I don't know. I, I speculated uh, to Carol, my wife, that maybe it was like family members of Max or something that he brought over. Some of these people were, or... yeah, uh, yeah, that could be, I, I didn't really think about that too hard, but what I do realize just by its very existence, it's both a fuck you to the cartel. And it's like a little secret that Gus has, you know, this yeah. guy that the cartel just murdered, you know, willingly, you know, for like, you know, shits and giggles almost. And they didn't kill Gus because he has some connections. They just like, he's like, you know, fuck you. I, I'm bu- I'm making something good in his name. I'm like all the shit, you know, cause a lot of it, it's a very violent business, but Gus tries to be as unviolent as possible. He's yes. not—he's not timid, 
I mean, he 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 killed a man with his bare hands like in one of the earlier seasons, but mm-hmm. he he doesn't he doesn't revel in violence. The Salamancas they love it. They they love being you know having machismo, their bravado. They love just lording their power over other people. Even in Breaking Bad, when uh, uh shit Hector is that the guy in the wheelchair? Yes. When he almost drowns the two, you know, the two brothers. I mean, that's just he just enjoys the power of it. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're power hungry. Whereas uh, Gus is very, you know, he he puts all of his energies internally and he just plots and plots. And again, he it, it, I, I still maintain he's the actual protagonist of Breaking Bad. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's it's interesting. Uh, it just kind of to skip forward a little bit, I guess. He has a conversation with Mike. Eventually, he does come. They have a conversation by that that memorial, and he says, "Mike is basically like, I don't know why you want me, why you care so much about me." And Gus says, "Because I think that you understand revenge, and I need a soldier that understands revenge." He is. See, I don't know if he's if he's done research and looked. Yeah, that's. I, I could only assume he's you know performed extensive research and investigation, mm-hmm. so he knows Mike. You know, have some sort of you know connection, or at least understand the concept. Yeah. How 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 he how, why that would make Mike want to work for him? I don't really know because that's <laughs> right. not his subtle. I feel it's a little bit of a weak kind of connection, but yeah, that's that is ultimately. I mean, I guess he persuades him. Obviously, he persuades him to work for him. Yeah. If you see him breaking bad, but yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I felt that was a little weak in my opinion because hey. I don't know that I care so much about someone else's revenge. Right. No, I, I agree. And I, and I think Mike kind of got his revenge out of his system. And I mean, not only yeah, got it out sure. of his system, but also realized that it didn't bring him the kind of peace that he wanted. Sure. Well, what I think is going to happen here is Mike is kind of, you know, he realizes he has a limited set of skills. He doesn't, he doesn't like, you know, sitting, uh, sitting idle. I mean, he loves, you know, playing with his granddaughter and that sort of thing. He's going to have to repair that relationship still. But right. I think eventually Mike's just going to realize like, like I said before, this—if you're going to be in the drug business, this is the best way to be in it. It's the most honorable path, the way that mm-hmm. Gustavo Fring, you know, takes, with some exceptions, obviously. Yeah, and that's the pitch that Gus brings to him, basically, because he's, you know, Mike's like, "Oh, you're so different than them." He's like, "Yeah, I am. I am different than them. You've seen right. them. You know what they did. The whole reason you wanted to kill them is because they—they they killed a, um, you know, a truck driver uh, over the thing that you were fucking with them about." And that's, you know, why you wanted to kill him. That's why we met originally. He doesn't say that, but I mean, that's... Yeah, the, you know, actually, you know what I think about this? I imagine you made a good point. I think I, I think uh, Mike probably does want some sort of revenge against the Salamancas. He realizes they're just like animals for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, every member of the family is like some wild, crazy person who would kill you just as you know easily as they'd look at you. Yep. But yeah, so, that, I mean, that's pretty much Mike's story. That's kind of where we leave it um, with them talking to each other and... Uh, you know, we're not sure exactly what Mike's going to do, but it's implied that, you know, uh, like I said, when they, I said to Carol, I was like, they fade out uh, when Gus is like, you know, I'm not like them. And he's talking about revenge and everything. And I'm like, yeah, yeah this is the smart thing to do. Cause you don't want uh, Gus to like put a arm over Mike's shoulder and be like, let me tell you about uh, my boyfriend, Max and how he was killed. <laughs> like, I was like, like right. we, we know this stuff. Do it off screen, and then Mike yeah. will have the information. Sure. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, Gus would be as emotional as that. He would just probably talk about how loathsome the uh, Salamancas mm-hmm. are, which Mike already knows. Yeah. So then switch. Oh, swi- oh, go ahead. No, no, you. I think you're going the same place I am. I was just going to say switching to Jimmy. Um, yep. It's like a... It's almost like a montage. It's a it's a cavalcade. Oh, I loved, loved, loved this whole sequence. It's just like... <laughs> 
just like a purified, like, you know, like five, 10 minute sequence of mm-hmm. like Jimmy, like at his best hygiene quest. Yeah, absolutely. Just absolutely fucking with, uh, with everybody. So I'm trying to remember what the first, oh, the first thing he does is he says the sheriff he switches the address. Yeah. The sheriff comes out and he's like, oh, okay. 1130. Um, but is that where we are? How can you prove that it's eleven thirty? And yeah, because if he decides in the house in the mailbox, and he's got oh, no, they took they took them off. That's what it was. Yeah, and the guy the guy that lives there uh, from Northern Exposure, he brings the mail from the mailbox over, and it says twelve forty on it. Yeah, which which is great because you can't. He, he's not technically doing anything illegal, I don't think here, because he says, "Hey, I don't see an address." The mail says this. He doesn't say that this is this address. He goes, "You know, I think you need to look into it because." He knows every single day takes longer. They're costing tons of money to Mesa Verde. They have a whole construction crew out there that each each time Jimmy pulls some hijinks, they have to confront them about it. Yep. Yeah. So that that's the first delay. The second thing they do is I'm trying to remember what the second thing they do is now. Yeah, I'm not sure of the order. I don't. At one point, they take is it a smoke detector? Is something that has a little bit of radiation in it, and they grind. They they very dangerously grind this up. And sprinkle yeah. it in the rocks outside the house. Yeah, when I saw him doing it, when I saw him taking out the little, uh, the little circuit parts from the, I said, I said to my wife, I was like, "Oh, radon," because there's like, there's a, like a very, very, very trace amount of, yeah. of radon. Which is, exact, which is exactly what they pick up. They ultimately say, "Well, it's okay," but I mean, you know, they have to qualify it and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just another thing where they have to. Oh, I think the second thing he does is break all the plates and <laughs> plant them plant them under the ground and call oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. call like the uh whatever conservative anthropologist yeah. yeah 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 so they're like oh we don't they look contemporary but we're not sure we're going to have to <laughs> we're going to have to look through this whole area on the other side too you have to think since uh Kevin refuses to let anybody but Kim handle this she's raking in the fees too i mean you know i'm sure she bills at a high hourly rate and yep. just having to deal with this shit and ultimately everyone is pretty much convinced or like you know this is we have another site let's just do this you know mm-hmm. even like uh his consultant like you know the guy he trusts in the firm like his old friend he's like this doesn't make sense let's just move the site and kevin says no because kevin wants to win that's more important to him at this point yeah kevin is kevin reminds me in a in a way if, if we're gonna equate this to breaking bad a little bit kevin in a way reminds me a little bit of walter white <laughs> oh yeah for sure walter had many opportunities to do the smart thing but said mm-hmm. he wanted to do the walter thing yeah, exactly. and Kevin's a successful businessman. Him and you know, with Kim's help, he's just like throwing up banks all over the southwestern region. So he's a wealthy, powerful man, and he's used to getting his way. Yep, and that's basically what what it's about. And I think that's one of the things that pisses Kim off so much. So eventually, yeah, she, yeah go ahead. No, no, yeah. Eventually, they say, you know what? Jimmy's like, well, we could get more personal. I don't think you want to do that. We could really get to Kevin if you want to. Yeah, that's that's a, that's where I was going to go too. Like eventually. You know, they run out of things they can do because Kevin said, no, we're going to keep fighting this. And, uh, you know, Saul says to her, yeah, he's like, you know, they're that's we're done. Basically, you know, you gave this guy more time than he really deserved. And there's nothing that we can do now uh, except for one thing. And then he walks away like Kim's not going to be like, what's that one thing? See, I'm actually a little ambiguous on this one. I don't know if Saul actually wants he he wants Kim to make the decision. He doesn't necessarily want to do this because he knows it affects Kim greatly. That's her, you know, biggest yeah. employer. Mm-hmm. The guy at her firm, actually, that's the guy at her firm that suggests they move the site. I think he's like a partner. He's like, you know, we're going to reassign you. You clearly are not in on this Mesa Verde thing anymore. You don't want to do it. And Kim like chases him down the hallway and like almost she doesn't shout because you know it's Kim. 
but she like you don't know you can't take me off this this is my job i'm i'm here because of mesa verde i've brought in mesa verde i'm in charge of their account it's a very prestigious account you know she's on the short path to partnership because of this but yep. he's like i don't want you to do this and then he realized he's like yeah we gotta we gotta do this and kevin is still no he doesn't want to do it yep yeah, exactly. powerful men. We have one more in the uh, mix. Uh, uh, the, the guy from H&M, I forget his name. Howard, I think. Yes, Howard. Yeah, his uh, in spite of his destroyed vehicle, he's you know he doesn't connect Jimmy to it. He might kind of ask him a little bit, but you know Jimmy doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I still watch. He's like, Yeah, let me. I'm gonna have to think about this a little more. It's a big decision. So he's just like kind of like dragging that out. And he just hangs up on a mid sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um. The the guy I recognized the guy and I I realized later where I recognized him from but uh, he was on the Walking Dead the guy that they call because uh, Saul calls Mike first obviously yeah, yeah you're right because he wants you know he's looking for a PI uh, Mike says no basically he can't do and, it and I don't know if you recognize I didn't but I I, I was I did do a little reading to see what I missed because there's a lot that I missed but he was actually in the in the earlier season where there was a guy uh, I I can't remember the guy who was like. Uh, had the comic book collection and that kind of stuff where he was doing the shady deals. Okay, yeah. Uh, that guy showed up with Mike, and there was another guy too. And the guy's like, uh, he's like, oh, do you got a gun? And Mike's like, why would I have a gun? You know, I don't need a gun. Oh, and yeah. Then the go, and then he just disarms the guy. <laughs> he just, like, scares the other guy away. So, that's right. So he's, like, right. Kind of like a, he's like a sleazy, he's like a sleazy kind of one of these sleazy underground characters we love so much in Breaking Bad. Yeah. I still hope we see Bill Burr's character as Cuddy again. That's, who, the arms that's who I thought it was going to be. I, I thought so. Yeah, I was 100% thinking it was going to be Cuddy. But, I mean, Cuddy's not a PI. He's more of a con man. Right. So. But I was like, because he goes, same place I got Huel. And I was saying, yep, yep. I said to Carol, I was like, oh, please be Bill Burr. Please be Bill Burr. Yeah, I, I'm hoping he shows up, but it doesn't really make sense for this. But, yeah, and then, and that was another fun part where he's asking. Sal kind of thinks he did a shitty job because he knows Mike would have dug up more dirt on him. Uh-huh. Yeah. What do you mean he's like i went through his house and he has all these pictures and kim's like terrified like horrified like oh my god you went to his house that's clearly illegal that's breaking everything i believe in but so i was like don't miss the you know b and e or whatever but he convinces them and uh, uh something he has in the photos uh kim uh sees as a gr- great way to get at kevin yep and we we don't know exactly what it is but there's something there so i, I don't know well I, I wrote a theory on it i don't know if you want to hear it sure yeah let's hear Right, when she when she kind of smiles, she's looking at a picture of the of Kevin on a, like a picture that Kevin has of like a guy on a horse, uh-huh. and apparently that's the Mesa Verde logo. So some people are speculating that what happens is she realizes a copyright infringement that he used this logo without clearing it. So you know, oh, Sal's going to try and introduce like a new lawsuit, you know, like a counter defendant, something like that, just to fuck with them. Interesting. That is that's yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, but I do. I, I like another strong episode. Uh, the sequence of the cons that Jimmy was throwing at them were hilarious. I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually happier about the ending now that I talked to you because, yeah, that does make sense because Mike doesn't like the Salmakas any more than Gus does. Probably he doesn't hate them as much, but he's no fan. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, but speaking of no fans, <laughs> <laughs> does Kevin Smith have any fans left? See that's that's a that's a good question because um, this movie is the biggest fan service movie I've seen in my entire. Oh yeah, I mean it, it might as well just be called fan service the movie. So uh, in case you haven't figured it out, Mike and I, uh, which it's available on Amazon Prime, uh, Mike and I saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot, 
Yeah, uh, if you're a huge if you're a huge can't miss it fan of Kevin Smith and have Amazon, I'd say uh, watch it. Mm-hmm. I would not pay one dollar for this movie. I wanted no. to go see it when it was uh, at the local like Fox Theater. I think they they right. screened it at. I'm so glad I didn't go. It's 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 a ridiculous movie. It's it is pretty much a remake, like kind of like it's a, like a beat for beat remake of Jan Silent Bob yeah, Strike Back. Almost exactly. Um, but I mean, obviously they change a little bit. It's very meta in, in a lot of ways. I mean, at the very beginning, yeah. they tell you exactly what they're going to do, which it doesn't really excuse it. I mean, no, it like, doesn't excuse it. I mean, it makes you, th- it's like, Oh, they're, they're self-aware. Yeah, they're self-aware, but that doesn't make it a good movie. It's, it's, a, it's almost self-aware. worse. The entire movie, it, it is worse. I think. Cause it's like, they should know better then. I mean, it's it's there, there's not an original idea or thought in this movie. Um, again, I mean, there's a lot of like funny moments just because you would only know them from the context of other Kevin Smith movies. Like there's a, there's a, like in Dogma, they kind of like, oh, this is a bad idea. They like look at the screen, like ah. I mean, they do that in Jane Silent Bob uh, Strike Back as well. What the 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 dumbest part? I think, and I I have no idea why they did this. And this so this is saying a lot. And maybe it's not the dumbest part, but it's the most bewildering part. At some point in the movie. All of a sudden, they're just in a church, and Matt Damon turns around, and he's like, "Hey, remember me? I'm Loki yeah. from uh, from Dogma." Uh, Alanis Morissette uh, is God, you know, and he's like, well, "They say he looks like Alanis Morissette, yeah." Right, and he's just like, "Oh, you want to know what happened to me after the movie was over? Let me give you like no one's thought of this. Let me let Not me really though. let me give you uh, what happened to me after the movie was over, and now all of a sudden I'm going to be a narrator for." Four seconds of screen time uh, over one scene of Jay and Silent Bob and then gone for the for the rest of the movie. What yeah, the I fuck? Honestly, I honestly think he was just trying to put a character from every movie he's ever done, including uh, Zach and Miri make a porno, which isn't part of the View of Skewerverse. Right. Justin essentially is the same character you can tell by the voice he puts on. Yep. I don't know if he has the same name, but he's an attorney now, which I think he was like a porn actor at one point. So good yeah. for him to have a diverse career, I guess. <laughs> And at the beginning, the, the cameos are ridiculous in the sense that they're, they're, they do nothing. to. It's like, oh, hey, look, that's so-and-so. That's all they do. I yep. mean, Joe Mantigliono or something like that. Yeah, he's whatever his name is. In his court sequence. Craig Robinson's the judge. It's, it, there's no reason for them to be in there. I mean, good for Kevin Smith for having a lot of friends, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't – yeah, none of it makes sense. It, it's it, it's cameo and fan service the movie. Um I don't yeah, this scene, by the way, is in an empty courtroom, so they couldn't afford to hire extras or didn't have the inclination to do so. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and then Justin Long's character, like, oh, sorry, this, I'll get you out of this, like, you know, because they open a, uh, they take the the video store, which obviously is no longer there, and it's replaced by a red box because you know, ha ha ha, commentary on the movies, right? But they, uh, what it, it's called, choke your chicken or something ridiculous, Cock smoker. Like that. Yeah, cocksmoker, which you know is a word they they've used you know in the past, and I guess it's funny. I, I don't know how. Yeah. But it's an underground, like you know, pot shop. They're growing weed and selling it out, out front. Which I don't know if it's legal in Jersey to have like weed shops. You'd think they just open that. Well, later in the movie, uh, oh wait, no, I guess okay. So he pulled out a card, and I assumed it was going to be a medical marijuana card, but it was just a union card, like like yeah, which drug is a, dealers which is a have a union. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, no, that's a joke from a uh, Jan Sub Back. 
Right. Yeah. Because because they leave and then they and then they run into the same characters who actually I think do own like a medical pot thing in California later and they use the exact same song, the same jokes. Yep. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's like a cameo. It's a cameo nobody asked for. I mean, these were like you know, maybe they're Kevin Smith's friends. I don't know. Well, actually, one of them was Tracy Morgan, but Tracy Morgan declined to appear in this because mm-hmm. he's a billionaire. <laughs> right. But yeah, like those two little kids at the beginning of Jan Silent Bob Strike Back, where they they start talking about jungle love who the f- what why do they need to cameo who cares it wasn't a great reference at the time no and it wasn't a funny joke in this movie either. I mean, it was i mean all it is is callbacks to stuff that you know isn't funny being called back to so i mean i guess if you want to know the quote plot of this movie yeah yeah it's uh, probably be important and then we can just uh we get yoga hosers it afterwards yeah it's basically the same movie as jay and silent bob strike back they find out after they get they get arrested or whatever for selling marijuana out out of sight of this chicken restaurant which, I, is that a breaking bad reference i i i doubt it but I, there was a nice cameo by Donnell Rawlings, who I'm happy to see anytime. He's just, yes. I, I just find him very funny. Yeah, I like him too. But uh, they, so they, they get arrested or whatever. They post bail. I don't know. Um, and they find out from. No, no, no. They, that's not what happens. Uh, Justin Long gets them out because he has oh, them sign, sign something and he right. represents Hollywood. Yeah. And then he immediately goes, oh, uh, I'm taking your names officially, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't How know. How can they... you patent the name Jay? <laughs> Yeah, and the way that he gets him out is like so weak. I don't even understand like what legal argument he's making other than he's from Hollywood. And like, okay, the charges have dropped. Right. But yeah, that's right. That's right. So they he frees them by having them sign over their names uh, so that they can, so I guess so they can make the movie. But that also doesn't make any sense because if they own the intellectual property of the movie, then they can just use the names anyway. Yeah, because, because they already bought They're not buying their likenesses. They're taking uh, the characters Blunt Man and Chronic, which are a Holden McNeil property. So right. why they're involved in any way or would have to sign anything when they didn't in the first place makes no sense. Yeah, and then that's the other thing too is they're like, oh, you can't use your names, which is a joke that is, is first of all, it's terrible, but it's also so half-heartedly used. I think it might come up twice and then yeah, a couple the, times, and then that's it. And it doesn't it doesn't prevent them from doing anything. It's not there's no there's no problems with it. All, all it does is it just makes it more difficult for them to travel. I mean, that's yeah. all it does. That's the only purpose. I was like, oh, it's a road trip. I mean, because they do at least acknowledge that logically they should just be able to fly there. Yeah. But they're but on the no-fly list for some reason. Yeah, which, again, doesn't make sense. Uh, oh, I guess maybe the drug tra- No, that doesn't make sense. But Molly Shannon makes a cameo, which I don't know why Molly Shannon hasn't been in more stuff. I've always thought she was funny. She's yeah. you know, good in both dramatic and comedic roles. But she apparently comes out of retirement, maybe. Maybe she's in movies to uh, do a cameo as a uh, TSA agent. Or, yeah. no, no, it's uh, the, the person who books the tickets. I yeah, think. yeah. Because, you know, they don't know about the internet, which is interesting because this... This part, I'm sorry. I know you're going through the plot, but I can't. I can't get. I, I can't delay this anymore. Okay. I read comments that somebody, like you know, had sent a tweet to Kevin Smith, which was very petty, about like when when Silent Bob's like uh, texting on his phone, how it's so loud. When I saw the comment, I laughed because I'm like, well, who would make such a ridiculous comment? But oh my god, that is the most accurate comment I've ever seen in my entire life about <laughs> yes. a fuck. Silent Bob is like a woodpecker, and he spins like. Like literally thirty seconds typing out a, a an emoji. Yeah, and it's not it's it. 
It's not a funny joke ever to me. Maybe. I don't know that it's meant to be a funny joke. I think Kevin Smith just thought that's how a phone sounds. I guess. But I mean, like, it's so many buttons pressed to, for one emoji. And it's like, okay, that might be funny once, but not the 17 times it's done throughout the No, not, not, not seeing how he's finally adapted to communicating entire, entirely through a uh, cell phone, right. but seeing how it's Kevin Smith and he can't shut the fuck up. He also makes another character in there who is. Yeah, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. He pulled the because, Stephen King in, in the Dark Tower and made yes, himself yes. a character. Yes, he did. And it, and it makes no sense because apparently the characters of Silent Bob and Jay are supposed to be real. And and you can tell it's a fantasy because they're so popular that there's a comic, there's a con called Chronic Con, which right. has the exact same role as Comic Con. And people just love this thing. They come from everywhere to attend it. It's like Comic Con, but... For Kevin Smith fandom, maybe I'm not really sure exactly what Chronicon is. To be honest, with I you. think it's for I think it's for the the fictional characters of Blunt Man and Chronic. But I want to know because they never actually mention. Uh, they do mention Clerks once, uh, but they don't mention any other films. So what I want to know is in this universe, how did Kevin Smith become famous, and what movies did he make? If there was no Jay and well, Silent I- Bob in Clerks. Then, Actually, I, I think you're misspeaking because if you remember where they're at the Comic Con, they visit the panels from various Kevin Smith. Movies. Uh, well, I remember the Clerks one. Do they do other yeah, ones? They're black and white. They, they see comic. They see comic men, uh, which yeah. is another you know thing that's kind of related because you know they're his friends. Um, right. I thought they did another movie too. I can't remember which one, but yeah, they they definitely reference the real life movies of Kevin Smith in this, which these are characters in, which. Is like the convoluted, like you know, when they say we have to go back and you know stop this movie from being made. That's a parody based upon characters based on us. Right. They do like an extended version of that in reference to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's oh my god, it's so bad. But um, so he they they're going to they they pick they're, up they, they pick up jail. Fred Armis. <laughs> Yeah, well, you have to remember we're there in jail. He he sees the news and who's the local news person? Oh look, uh, it's a just. Yeah, it's Gil Hicks, right? <laughs> yeah, which was funny because he played Dante and Gil Hicks, which, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. And there was one joke that I thought was really good with uh, when he was talking to Banky, mm-hmm. who moved his place to the. Oh, he, this actually is before that. He moved his place to the mall. Yeah, which the you know, and then he goes, oh, and he goes, oh look, there's which doesn't make sense because Banky should be like a multimillionaire. Why does he care so much about this? Mm-hmm. I. Because remember, he he hosted the Tonight Show and then just stopped. Right. Plus, he sold so, he sold his rights to uh, Bluntman and Chronic. Right. I mean, and, I mean, mind you, that, that's was that after uh, Johnny Carson or after Jay Leno? I'm not sure where it would line up. It's definitely pre Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but yeah. So so and then when he's in the mall, he goes, "Look, there's a there's a mall rat, but it's a literal rat because the <laughs> mall, you know, again another joke on modern, you know, uh, consumerism. The malls right. are vacant. Yep. Exactly. The joke that he makes, he goes, oh, they're not even going to make a sequel or even a squeakquel, which I thought was pretty funny. Yes. That, I think that's the only genuine laugh I had in the whole movie. That was funny. Um, and But what wasn't funny is that there was at least three scenes that I remember of people looking directly at the camera. Yes, yes. It was kind of funny once in... Um, in Jan Bob. Yeah, Bob Strike Back, but... Oh my God! So many times. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's, uh, again, we need to continue the plot. So yeah, they use the because you know they don't want to say Uber for some reason. I can't mm. remember what the wacky name they use instead, but it's ride wacky. me, I think, or something like something that. like that. Yeah, yeah, because you know a sexual reference. Because you know I'm 14. So 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, so Fred Armisen is, you know, driving them to Justice's house. Uh, when he gets there, um, she passes out, and then some mysterious figure, like, beats both her asses, and they wake up on the couch. Mm-hmm. Yep. It reminded me of Dogma a little bit, because she had the hockey yeah, yeah, gun. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, of course, uh, Justice is like, oh, I can't believe you guys showed up here. And then it turns out the person that beat them up is uh, Justice's daughter with Jay, who was played by... I, Here's a shocker. Uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Harley Quinn Smith. <laughs> By the way, so if we're doing the compliment sandwich or whatever. Oh, boy. I guess. We need a compliment first. Yeah. Let me give let me give the one compliment. Um, Can Harley Quinn Smith be in a good movie, please? Because she's <laughs> actually a pretty good actress. See, I have a question. I don't recall from uh, the the five minutes I was able to bear of yoga hosers. Uh, the way she's talking, is she's doing a voice, right, or is that her normal voice? No, she's doing a voice. Yeah, that's what I thought because I didn't think she went talks like this because that's what her character does. And I'm like, oh, I, I hope for her sake that that's just uh, an effect. I mean, yeah, I thought she was good in this, and I thought Jay Jay is a pretty good actor. I think. Yeah, I'd like to see him in more things. Agreed. Kevin Smith is is not really a good actor. I mean, he could deliver dialogue. He could play himself. Um, he could play a silent character that you know has a fucking uh, sledgehammer. He hits his phone with every time he sends a, <laughs> a, a smiley emoji. <sighs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so we see Justice, uh, and then Harley Quinn has a friend uh, who's. Um, Silent deaf. figure, believe yeah. it or not, she's not. She doesn't speak either. Ha ha ha. Right. Yeah. She's deaf, and uh, we find out that um, that Justice is a lesbian because you know, or or bisexual, I guess, because that's hilarious. Well, I think that also gives us the opportunity to. Is this the same character from Clerks Two that Rosario Dawson plays? I don't know. I I guess I don't remember, I don't remember the character to be honest with you that well. Yeah. I don't know. I know she. I know she was okay with going ass to mouth. I know that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, something about, I find Rosario Dawson very attractive. Yeah, she is. She is a pretty woman for sure. Mercy. <laughs> but so. Uh, so they drive away, leaving Harley Quinn there for who knows how long. I, I don't really understand why they are going somewhere if they're married. They're going. They're going, I don't, they're, oh, going, they're going on a trip. Yeah, they're going on some trip or something like that. But uh, they're going to the who gives a fuck convention. Exactly. <laughs> but Harley Quinn wants to go to Chronicon because just so happens she wants to go to the exact same place that her dad that she doesn't know wants to go because oh. she wants to take her friend there. I, I forgot we're missing something too. Uh, Fred Armisen, they go to a movie's Golden Cow, and uh, Jay and Sound Bob apparently had enough weed to make three giant joints, and it's like some crazy oh, magical best, strain that they yeah. made. Apparently, it's the best. It's the best weed you've ever you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, because you know Kevin Smith has to have everything about weed now. Right. Um, so he was, you know, he's there at the uh, movies, and Fred Armisen, they, they give him a, uh, you know, one, one of these three special joints. They just give it to a guy who drives them, because he agrees to take them all the way to California. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts lighting it up while they're in the restaurant, and uh, the police come, they arrest him, you know, all that stuff. So that's why they have to go to uh, Tarly Quinn's house. Yeah. And then, so they agree that they'll go with them for some reason, which doesn't make a lot of sense, because they're just two strange men that they just met. Yeah, they want to go with them. They're friends. To California. They're friends of her mom's, I guess, as she introduces them. That she beat up like, you know, 12 hours ago, if that long even. So they decide that they're going to all go together. Um, oh, oh, and Justice says, you know, when you get back from the trip, we'll have a talk and maybe we'll tell Harley that you're her dad then, but don't tell her that now, which, you yeah. know, of course leads to a lot of plot for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess. 
But so they they get into wacky adventures. Basically, at one point, the girls somehow get kidnapped by white supremacists. I don't understand how or why this happened. I think it's because her friend is African American, probably. I guess, but they, they guess. just saw I don't know. they just saw him driving down the street, and they were like, "Get him!" Yeah, I don't think they're that aggressive anymore. Yeah, so they uh, they. They knock him out with a bunch of weed. Um, Kevin Smith does the Glen Gary Glenn Ross scene from yes, uh, uh, note for note. Yeah, for Alec Baldwin's scene. I don't know why. Yeah, that's not even a reference to his own movie. He's just fucking thinking of movies at this point. Is that supposed to be funny? I don't get. It. Do you think it's it's meant to be as a reference, or do you think it's supposed to be? He doesn't think his younger audience will get that, and he's like, "Oh, this is a good speech," or a little both. Yeah, I think it's a little of both. I think he's, he's like, like, I don't want to. He's like, I need a speech here, but I don't want to write it. I'll use something that makes no sense in this. Country. Yeah, copy and paste. I think was how a lot of this movie was written. Right, but have it make no sense to the clan, and also use the exact same references from Glengarry Glen, Glen Ross. So I guess they can't say you're stealing it, but it just makes no sense. But it works, of course. I mean, they might as well have just used that one. Uh, what was it, Django Unchained or whatever? Where they, the clan, they might as well just use that scene with the clan. That scene was a lot funnier. Yeah, absolutely. With Jonah Hill. Uh, and uh, Richard Christie from, um, well, no, actually, that's a different movie. That's Harold and Kumar go to White Castle or Guantanamo. Or- oh, speaking of Harold and Kumar, they both uh, play roles in, in stuff we're going to talk about later in the week. Yes, they do. <clears throat> that was a pleasant surprise uh, that and, and, did and not that play means, out. And that's uh and, and by later in the week we mean right when we're done with this. Yeah, that's that's how these things are recorded. Uh hey, are you listening to are you listening to Everybody Lies right now because it's Saturday? Well no, you're listening to this. But <laughs> when you're listening to Everybody Lies on Saturday, that's when Mike and I are recording the next week's stuff. Yeah, it's all it's all magic in the audio. Yeah, exactly. The time travel. Uh, speaking of the lack of magic, let's get back to this movie. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they rescue them from that, and they're like, "Oh, cool." And then at some point, Harley Quinn's like, "Man, the only thing that I wish is that I wish that I had a dad that would tell me he's a dad, and we could drink coffee." And it's just like it's exactly everything that's going on. Yeah, and I thought she was aware that he was her dad the whole time, but just not letting on. That's not the kid. No, not at all. She has uh, three friends: the silent one. Uh, one that's uh, a Chinese person that's apparently supposed to be doing a podcast uh, where she interacts all of... Uh, or she has her impressions of America to China, which makes no sense now, but wait till you see later. Yeah. And then, and then I can't remember what the other friend is. It's uh, a Muslim girl who's good at fighting or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a diverse uh, cast of characters. <laughs> but uh, they not, not diverse in how the characters are, but in their uh, ethnicities. Yeah. yeah, diverse in uh surface appearance only, not in their their outlooks or their attitudes or their dialogue or anything. Like yeah, that. they're they're basically interchangeable. Yep. Uh, and they've all they all didn't know their dads. Yeah, and they that's how they met online, and they all want to go to Chronicon because the Chinese girl is going back to China, I guess, with her mother. And before yeah. they do that, they want to go to Chronicon because. For some reason, she loves uh, Blunt Man and Chronic and has always wanted to go. So that's what they're doing, I guess. Yeah, a lot of this doesn't make sense. And when we find out what the what the twist part is, it also doesn't make sense. So uh, we so uh, 
anyway, they get to Chronicon and a hologram of Chris Hemsworth. I this comes I, out of I nowhere. I thought that too. part was kind of funny. I thought that part was kind of funny. Yeah, that's that part's sort of funny too, but it comes out of nowhere. Um, I don't know what it's in reference to, but I guess it's just another celebrity cameo they can get. Yeah, like, hey, I, this guy was in uh, Infinity Gauntlet or whatever. I think. I think that Kevin Smith just wanted to meet Chris Hemsworth, and that's why it was written in there. And maybe these people liked Clerks when they were younger, and that's how they. And I can't imagine they had to do much work on it because the cameos are very brief. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith writes some dialogue for his daughter where she where she says that uh, she wants to ride Chris Hemsworth till she's Thor. Yeah, that's that's not weird. No, yeah, totally normal uh, things yeah. to happen. And then, of course, there's all the hilarious jokes like, oh, that Kevin Smith, he puts his daughter in everything. Ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. I think there's some characters from Yoga Hosers in the audience. I'm not positive. Yeah, that's what it was. So at one point, Kevin Smith taps this old lady on the shoulder and like kind of waves to her. And and I was like, who is that? What is that person from? That's what they're from, Yoga Hosers. That's what it is. Yeah, so we're at this convention, and the the uh, Jay goes a separate way. They want to destroy the convention. The other people want to be part of this cameo in the next Kevin Smith movie, right? Because he's directing Bullman Chronic Two, which is the movie, obviously yeah. at Chronicon. Um, and I I I wouldn't be shocked. And actually, I'm not shocked because they they verified at the end that I think this was Kickstarted or GoFundMe, and some people were able to make cameos in the movie, which is a really terrible cameo at the end yes just pictures of them with kevin smith in the yeah. credits very i would not horrible. feel that that was i would not feel that was worth my money especially after seeing the movie yeah exactly i you have first of all you have to sit through the entire movie to see yourself so that's not good no and uh, then and then so kevin smith comes out and he goes okay i'll be back because you know that rascally kevin smith what does he have to do every five minutes smoke mm, weed <laughs> yeah it's so funny <laughs> they make a reference to Cop Out too, which whatever. I I didn't even see it. I don't care that much. It's so fresh. Um, and then and then Harley Quinn goes, "Wait a second, this Silent Bob guy, he looks just like Kevin Smith." And I, I I'm surprised he didn't like put a pause there so people could just like you know bust the gut laughing. Yeah, I was waiting for the Scooby Doo sound effect. <laughs> right. Ooh. So natu- naturally, Silent Bob, you know, pretends to be Kevin Smith. He's very loquacious now. He never seeks to fucking you know word, but. Suddenly in front of a giant audience, he not only is, you know, speaking, you know, very rapidly, he sounds like Kevin Smith, you know, I guess it's Kevin. Yep, exactly. And then uh, the girl who uh, wanted to go see Kevin Smith the whole time, twist part, she's uh, actually a secret Russian agent, because that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, she's a secret Russian agent that wants to infiltrate American pop culture and assassinate Kevin Smith on the air to show America how how powerful russia is i guess i guess yeah that um, makes no sense at all ever in any context in any decade that the soviets or russians have been opposed to us they have never done anything like this but yeah it makes sense. none of this makes any sense because like you said first of all just from a regular geopolitical standpoint it's way too overt uh from anything they've ever done second and of not all, during the height of the cold war did the russians even presume to do something like yeah second of all she she infiltrates this daddy issues blog so that she can make friends with three uh, teenagers, not adults, but three teenagers with no cars or money to get from wherever she is in the United States, Chicago or whatever to, to California. Yeah. It's for the most serendipitous like uh, infiltration of American society ever. It, it, it 
everything relies on luck. There's no way she's going there unless this exact sequence of events happens. Even though if she's a Russian agent, they should be able to just fly her there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know what would be a lot easier? It's to just drop her off at Chronicon. <laughs> what the fuck? There's no reason for any of this. Oh, uh, that should have been... Was that the pitch for the movie? There's well, he no reason to for any of well, he pitched it to himself, so I don't think right. it really matters what the pitch was. And he was probably high while he did it. Oh, my God. I'm surprised that he didn't write the script and was thinking, like, oh, man, this is really great. This is really great. And then he took his writing hat off and put his director hat on and picked up the script. And he was like, I can't film this. This is, <laughs> this is, this is insane. If only that happened. Uh, uh, yeah, here we get more cameos. Uh, Val Kilmer is actually Bluntman. Or, yeah. Uh, or is he Blunt, yeah, Bluntman. And then I don't. I, I think the woman's from something who plays uh, Chronic. Is it is she from no Superman? Idea. I'm not really sure. No idea. They reference Mark Hamill, but Mark Hamill wisely doesn't show up. Oh yeah, thank <laughs> God Mark Hamill wasn't the, the original Cockknocker. Good for you, Mark Hamill. I'm you know again, I'm a huge fan of his work as a Joker. I'm glad that he wasn't available or didn't want to be in this movie because it, it does nothing for him. Yep. So yeah, then uh, there's all these crazy Russian agents in the background, and Kevin Smith is not. And this part again makes no sense. Um, they lock, don't they lock uh, Silent Bob in like a a shed or something? And and A Team Sally, he makes a suit that's a Iron Man, but it's like what is it called again? I can't remember. What it, I can't remember. They call it something else, Metal Man or something. I don't know. Blunt Iron. I don't know what the fuck. It is. Yeah, and, and this part makes no sense. He starts knocking at the door, which why they have a normal door at a Comic Con convention? I don't know. But and then Jay goes, oh look, it's it's metal Silent Bob. As my wife pointed out, how the fuck does he know that he's constructed a metal suit? We found out that we found out that Jay's uh, secret power, uh, superpower, is that he has X-ray vision. He's like they're like Tomak and Zamet from uh, GI Joe. They know what the other one's doing. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But this is this is all just so that Kevin Smith can do that shot where he looks like Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. That's it. Yes. Yeah. So he comes in. They beat the bad guys. Uh, I honestly don't remember what happens to this. I know they go back to the quick stop at some point. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Jay reveals, hey, I'm your dad. And, you know, cry. And the acting was good in this part. I thought Jay and uh, Harley Quinn did a great job. I mean, if it was a good movie, you would praise the performance. But it's just like. It's just weird in this movie because everything else is so bad. Yep, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I want to see them in an actual good movie because that scene in particular, I was like, that's good acting, but that's the only good part of the movie. Yeah, they go back to the quick stop. Um, I don't know what happened. you see Dante like kind of like coming up again. Not not Gil Hicks, uh, Dante. Yep, and then they they reveal something that's kind of funny and again yes. much much insider that they're the ones who've been sticking gum in the locks all these this whole time. Yeah. So the very beginning we see of uh, Clerks, that's a reference to something that Jay and Silent Bob are doing. Yeah that that was the one th- that was the one callback that I was like, oh that's that's kind of funny. Now, I think I've mentioned this again, but I think Kevin Smith is a very charismatic guy. People are interested in what he does. I think the best work he does is his uh, Kevin Smith conversations where he goes, like, in mm-hmm. – I mean, at this point, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Dogma. I liked Mallrats, uh, Clerks. J.C. Amy was good, too. Uh, I, I liked the first time they did the fan service thing, and Jay and Sal Bob Strike Back. That was funny. Yeah. Everything after that, I mean, I, Zach and Miri I thought was okay. I didn't I, I didn't hate it. I liked it. The performances were good. Um I'm sorry, but half his movie, more than half his movies are just fucking dog shit. They're terrible. Clerks 2 is not good. Yep. This movie is bad. 
Um, Yoga hosers. Maybe interesting. I haven't seen it. I can't imagine it's good, though. Yoga hosers is unwatchable. Oh, Red State is very good as well, actually. I I don't understand. I think maybe he needs to put less of himself into his movies at this point. So we've already seen, like, oh, look, there's these hilarious references. But, I mean, like, the almost, like, teenage slash Rob Zombie-esque, like, like, oh, I'm going on, you know, ride my ass or whatever it is, you know, to their Mm -hmm. their service. Oh, look, it's uh, Chicken Fuckers or whatever it's called. Chicken Fucker. If he... <laughs> His ideas are not original anymore. I, I'd love for him to do something completely out of the box, like with Red State, because Red State, I really enjoy That's a very underrated movie. Yeah, Red agreed. State, it's comparable with any other horror movie. It, it's great. It's a great psychological, psychological movie. Great performances. Michael Parks is excellent in it. Everyone's good in it. Red State's good. I haven't seen a good thing from him after that. I don't even want to watch the Jane and Bob cartoon. Or was it Clerks cartoon that they did another run on? I love the Clerks cartoon originally. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it's good anymore. It's, it's, much of the early Kevin Smith movies are about a very specific time period. It's a lot of indie like movies being coming out. Everyone's he's in the comics. Someone else is. The world that he envisioned has come to pass, and he is just not – he needs to be uh, – of you know – he needs to be more like a prophet, uh, you know, envisioning yep. the future rather than embracing the past, which is all he's doing at this point. Yeah, the future, the the world has moved on without him, and that's sad. But that's where we're at. I mean, I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of his movies, not for a while though, especially not with this one. I mean, I I I think I'm at the point where I just I I don't think I'm going to see anything he does unless I get like hear heaping praise from people who aren't mm-hmm. Kevin Smith fans. Yeah, he needs. He needs to stop writing movies. If somebody wrote a really good script, he could direct it, and that and that'd See, be good. I don't think he's a great director. I mean, he's serviceable. Yeah, he's. Not I think great. he's a really good writer, but he just needs to write about new shit. I mean, yeah, I understand he, you know, uh, wanted to make this, you know, as a fan service. He wanted to get with his old friends again. You know, he had obviously had some health issues uh, last year or the year before. I'm glad he seems to be doing better. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's references of veganism because he's a vegan now because you have to put that in the movie. Yeah, because everyone knows if you're a vegan, you have to mention it. Yes, absolutely. You know, my 11 year old is a vegetarian. She's been a vegetarian for over a year now. I never hear her say to anybody except for when she's ordering food at a restaurant, and I have to remind her half the time that she's a vegetarian. But it's like might be the only person in the world who doesn't, you know, say hi. I'm so and so. I'm a vegetarian. Right. Oh God. Yeah. Actually, she eats fish now too, so she's a vegetarian. Oh, good for her. Yeah, but oh. yeah, this is a complete shit show. Um, if you're Kevin Smith, I wouldn't watch this movie. That's that's how mm-hmm. little of that's how unenjoyable this movie is. Like if. Watching the dailies for this must have been torture. I mean, if he was self-aware yes. at all, this is a fucking... Seriously? I can't imagine watching any... I mean, I imagine a lot of it, he's watching it with the people who he filmed these scenes with, and he's, like, staring at them, waiting for a reaction. They're like, oh, ha, 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 that was funny. Yeah, because, I, you know, he does put his daughter in a lot of movies. I'm surprised that the list of editors isn't Kevin Smith, because he usually has an associate editor with him. And, so, and a guy who killed himself while fucking well, watching the That's movie. what I was going to say. I'm surprised it's not Kevin Smith and then a list longer than like the visual effects artists at the end of a Marvel movie because they just <laughs> kept killing themselves. <laughs> and you just have to keep replacing them until the movie was finally done. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I forgot to mention, uh, Kenny Rogers has uh, died today. So, oh, yeah. Uh, that's he right. was 81 years old, so hopefully he had a nice... He seems like he had a good life... Uh, not a controversial figure, you know. He knew when to hold them, knew when to fold them. Correct. Might have, might have finger banged uh, Dolly Parton, maybe. Who knows? Oh, good for him if he did. But, 
Um, so I guess to close things out, uh, I've got three pieces of mail that I've, or three emails that I've, I've brought up here. Um, we got some, you know, we got a, a decent amount, but, uh, I handpicked these three. Uh, I'm at a loss as to what this, <laughs> this one is even about Mike, but, uh, I'll just read it out to you. Um, Hey guys, love the show. I've been watching a lot of movies lately and I'm wondering why are there so many Asian people in movies? Oh no. Did we play blackjack with you at some point in our lives? <laughs> Sir? I hope it's that guy. That's what I want to know. Um, he says, if it's Jackie Chan or Constance Wu or Henry Golding or Michelle Yeoh or Aquafina, it doesn't matter. They are everywhere. Now, I looked this up. Um, aside from Jackie Chan, uh, the rest of them are just in the movie Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> so I'm wondering if he's just watching Crazy Rich Asians all the time. <laughs> he only watches every lot of Asians in these fucking movies. <laughs> he says, now, I'm not racist, and it's fine if Asians are in movies. But it I'm just- surprised it took him that long to say he's not racist. Right. But it just seems like maybe there should be more whites. There are more of us in America. They always pandering to China. Thanks for your time and your funny show, Rick. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if this guy's name was like Wu Ting? <laughs> or Bobby um, Digital. What do you have to say about this uh, email, Mark? Um, I haven't noticed, uh, you know, a lot of Asians in movies. So I, uh, Jackie Chan hasn't been in a movie in like what twenty years? No, I mean not one that's popular in the United States anyway. So I don't I don't know exactly what he's talking about. He's busy supporting the uh, Chinese regime, apparently. <laughs> so yeah, I don't uh, I don't I don't know what he's talking about. But um, I don't know. I honestly haven't noticed. I mean, if there are more, I mean, because Parasite I, won Best Picture, I guess. I don't yeah, yeah, that's true too. But that's also a Korean movie. I mean, I guess if there are a disproportionate amount of uh, you know Asians or Latinos or African Americans to the general population in a movie, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I really don't think it's an issue. Honestly, I, I I hope it happens in my lifetime that people won't even notice someone's race in a movie. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in some contexts, I do think it's a little, little ridiculous. Like, I'm a huge Idris Elba fan, and uh, I hope he recovers from the coronavirus, mm-hmm. which I'm sure he will. He's a healthy guy. Yeah. But him being Himdall, like, I, I haven't watched the Thor movie. That just is weird to me because of the, I mean, it's very specific. It's like, you know, Norseman. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, that's like if you did, like, a Black Panther, and it was, like, fucking, like, you know, Black Panther was played by, like, a Mel Gibson, you know? It yeah. wouldn't make any sense. There's someone super white, like Brian Gumble or something like that. <laughs> or, or Eddie Redmayne as uh, is that the whitest guy out there right now? Eddie Redmayne. I think so. Yeah, I think Eddie Redmayne is the whitest. First of all, you're British. Yep. Secondly, you're pasty as fuck. Yeah, British already gets you to you know like uh, three quarters of the way to all the way white. That's pretty. That's pretty. I would say that they might be the oh uh, no Scandinavians. And, yeah. and again, with hair, it makes no sense because Scandinavians are so white, their fucking hair is white. Yeah. God. And they're pieces of shit in general. <laughs> uh, let's eat some That's rotting fish. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll make sure not to mention any fucking Asians from now on. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the title of this next one is You a Pansy? With a question mark. <laughs> Mark, what are you? Some kind of mangina? 
<laughs> From what you've said on the show, it's clear that you like the Marvel movies, but you let Mike shit all over them and never say shit. Stand up for movies you like, bro. Tell that piece of shit Mike to shut up about the MCU. The movies are all awesome, except for Captain Marvel. Love the show, Tristan. Tristan? What kind of a... Someone named Tristan can't fucking call someone a pansy. <laughs> okay. What are you, what are you a, a hacker from the future, Tristan? Right. So, Tristan... Uh, the Remember a- in Blade Runner when uh, Tristan betrayed Decker? <laughs> So Tristan, the answer to your question of why I don't like stand up more for the Marvel movies is you, <laughs> you and all the fans. Like, here's the thing. So, uh, why don't you, why don't you and Rick get together right. and go watch Doctor Strange? Yeah. You can see the uh, Benedict, name? The, Benedict Wong, and uh, yeah, he's white as fuck. <laughs> what's the what's the uh, the Oracle the the, the um, bald person? Oh, the, the ancient great... the ancient one, I think. Yeah, yeah, they whitewashes that character. Wasn't Asian, but you don't have to worry about that. Exactly. Um, but I'll clean on that one. So I, I, you know, I in general think the most of them are not all the Marvel movies. I, but why, by the way, every MC, every like hardcore MCU fanboy has one movie they don't like. And I think it's like telling that and, yours and is usually, Captain Marvel. And it, and it usually features a woman. Yep. But uh, yeah, the Black Widow movie, if that ever comes out because of coronavirus, that'll be the new one that everyone hates. But are uh, all these, you know, these, uh, you know, super bros hate. But anyway, um, I think most of them are in general fine movies. Uh, you know, Mike and I disagree on a lot of the Marvel movies um, in that like. And Mike, I think you'd actually really like The Winter Soldier, which is not a movie that I think you really need to see the other movies to see. Um, but I don't it, think I need to see any of the movies. But it's kind of like a Jason. Defend Bo- them. <laughs> it's kind of like a. Jason- what are you, a pansy? It's kind of like a Jason Bourne like uh like spy thriller, uh The Winter Soldier. I I think it's the best one of those movies. But anyway, um with superpowers. I in general uh like most of the Marvel movies, but in it's the same thing with Star Wars. In a very like and I don't like most of the Star Wars movies, but but I feel the same way about it as I feel about Star Wars. I have a very passing general fanship of them where when one comes out, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll probably see that eventually. Um, but what is the worst thing about it? Just like with star Wars is you hardcore fans. Uh, it, it's the absolute worst and it makes it intolerable. And I don't want to pander to any of, uh, you type of fans out there because I think you're all fucking dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Tristan, fuck you. Fuck your brother. Rutherford. (laughs) Fuck your uh, sister. What's her name again? Scarlet. Yeah, there you Fuck go. Fuck all of you. Your, so, family, your mom and dad for giving you stupid fucking names. So in general, when when Mike's... I, I have a cousin, Tristan. He's cool, though. In general, when Mike talks about, you know, uh, like Marvel fans living in their mom's basement and stuff like that, I agree with that stuff because, you know, most of the hardcore fans are, are man children. <laughs> Sorry, but you are. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's just how it is. Tristan, feel free to come on the show. We'll talk about Marvel. Yeah, you come on. <laughs> when Black Widow comes on, we'll invite you on the show, Tristan. Uh, so write me if yeah. you want to be on the show, you fuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, from whatever your at yahoo.com address, email address is, go ahead and send Mark another email. Yep. Um. So this last one. This last one is the most normal. 
of all of them. Uh, it says, Hey guys, I love your show. You guys are absolutely hilarious. Uh, I didn't listen to podcasts until I discovered your show, but now I listen to a few of them. I was inspired to write you because I saw a truly terrible quote film on YouTube called how can I tell if I'm really in love? <laughs> I'm, I, I have a, I have somewhat of a familiarity with this movie. Well, this thing actually, uh, he says it's less than an hour and seems like a self-help video from the eighties, but stars Justine Bateman, Jason Bateman, and Ted Danson. It's you talked about this before. I think so. Yeah. It's incredibly weird. And I think you two would have a field day with it for dumpster diving. Would you please do it? Uh, and then he says, P.S. When are we going to hear this Danny DeVito impression, Mark? Yeah. Come on. You know, I, I think I sent you a clip of somebody doing a Danny DeVito impression. But in this time being quarantined, have you worked on it for one second? Um, no. <laughs> what, let's hear it now, Mark. Uh, I, our, our good friend, uh, whatever his name is, uh, oh, would love to hear it. Sorry. His his name is... Tristan? No. His name is, is Brandon. Um, Brandon, that's a good solid American name, Brandon. So I, I, after we, I got this, I, I did work on it for a second. I didn't get to Danny DeVito, but I discovered that I can do, um, that I can do Bernie Sanders kind of. <laughs> that's not I, too far off. Cause I was like, um, uh, I said to Carol, I was like, <laughs> Bernie Sanders was on the TV and she heard him and like, are you, are you someone his age? He was on the TV. Well, she didn't know. She didn't know that, that the TV was on. So all of a sudden she heard Bernie Sanders voice and she kind of jumped. And I said, it's okay. It's he's not here. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, Bernie Sanders is coming door to door. Be like, I just wanted to check on you. Uh, I want to make sure that the billionaires and the millionaires are not the only ones uh, that can get uh, healthcare at this time. And I want to make sure that everybody is taking care of themselves. But, not bad. But uh, yeah, so I kind of got to to Bernie Sanders. I'll continue to work on. Combine Bernie Sanders with your dad, and I think you have Danny DeVito. Oh, <laughs> can we hear that right now, Mark? Okay. Well, my dad would be like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good impression for those of you who <laughs> didn't have the fortune of knowing uh, the senior. So let's see. Uh, if you can go in, <laughs> I'm trying to merge them together. Um, I did listen to a couple of Danny DeVito things yesterday to try to kind of get. You need to be like uh, the guy from Mad TV. Just put like a uh, on a loop, like dialogue of Danny DeVito for like 24 hours and just listen to it. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably what I'm going to do, but I'm going to try oh, to get there. It's very like generic New York accent. Exactly, but, but it's like ah. Yeah, but it's and it's it's kind of like it's the, he's not as hard on some of the the inflections as like a like a stereotypical New Yorker would be. So it's what I think it. What I think you need to do is you need to find a word that's very characteristic of like his voice. You know, yeah. like a, maybe three syllable or so, and you'll notice a little weird nuance as he puts on it, and yep. then I think you'll get it there. Yeah, that's so. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. I'll debut it next week, uh, and and we'll see what happens. As far as um, how can I tell if I'm really in love? Um, that's not, I, I, that sounds fine. I'm more than that. We could do that. We I was talking about doing the craft. Uh, because I saw it, and then I wouldn't have to watch an extra movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, that How I Met Your Mother thing you're talking about, how I know I'm in love, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a Carter Bay's joint. Um, how do I know if I'm really in love? Uh, yeah, I, I figure you know we can uh, we, we could look at that and and uh, and see. So we'll we'll take a look and and get back to you on that one. 
Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's it. Do we have anything else to say? Any more dead or gay people you can think of? Not that I can think of, no. Ooh, I thought of another timely game we could play, but of course I just thought of it now. Corona or no Corona. Oh, okay. Because well, a widening list of celebrities who, you know, it's super urgent. They get tested before anybody else. Yep, absolutely. Have been uh, diagnosed. Po- yeah, maybe we shouldn't play that game, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it might not turn out as good as I thought. Well, we could do it next week, you know. Corona. I, I, I don't think I don't think so because some of them might not be as healthy as I hope. Right. Yeah, that's true. I guess. We, but then they would qualify for another game, and that is uh, that okay. is okay to play it that way. Right? Yes. Uh, all right. Well, we will see you next week. Uh, bye. See you next time.